they allow anybody in there? No. Yeah, they don't allow me in there. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they, they might. I just walked past them, I guess. I, you know, it just seemed like a nice area. They kind of right. remind me of the Mormons a little bit, you know, big, big families. You were a Mormon that winter? I was, yeah. Oh. This is Josh from Georgia. Hey, hey, Jesse. Would you call it Josh from Georgia? Georgia. Oh, my mind. Yeah, I answer the biblical question every week. He's like, hey, Jesse, I just want to answer that biblical question. I just want to answer that biblical question. It, it, I thought Josh was like an older, fat kind of a black so guy. I, I, that's so funny because I was just thinking <laughs> how you put a face with the name. Right. <laughs> hey, Jesse, I just want to answer that biblical question. <laughs> and, and, and I had this false image of you. I thought you were fat and old. Really? Yeah. I kind, you know, I'm kind of, that's, that's kind of what I am on the inside. Don't just sound like his voice now? I thought he was like a, a youngish, like 35 and a little chubby, like uh, chubby, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. 36. I am 36. Uh, yeah. But not he chubby. Even younger, though. Oh, really? Younger than that. <laughs> <laughs> like what a mess. <laughs> I saw your interview last night on your mama's. Your mama's house? Something. Like yeah, that, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. What do you think about it? I, I enjoyed it. I hadn't heard of, of, I heard about them just before they called me to invite me, but I had not heard, I wasn't aware of them at all. And they, but people started telling me, oh, I see your, your content on their network. They played a lot. Good morning. Welcome to Fellowship. I'm Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by going to our YouTube chat line and um, um, to respond to questions or comment about today's fellowship and hate will pass it on to me. All right. How y'all? Yeah. How you been doing since you've been out of the hospital? I've been doing, uh, I'm healing pretty well. I mean, shockingly, uh, this carnivore diet is really working and healing my bones. And I've also lost 11 pounds. Nice. So it's 11 pounds in like 17 days, which is quite amazing. Are you happy to lose weight? Yeah, I am. And uh, I definitely feel improvement in my ankles. And I mean, this, this diet has really transformed me. I mean, it's like even the best, best thing to, for, for losing weight for sure. And, I mean, my skin looks great. You can see I have glowing. I got the carnivore glow. And I've had a lot of people back. come. What's that? So that was good that they yeah. pushed you off the mountain, broke your back. and Yeah, and, it was. And, it got me to the and, carnivore. And diet. your foot and everything. You get your youth back. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've definitely, I even got a compliment from a homeless guy going, hey, man, your, your skin looks great. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like. It's like, and I'm not exercising at all, not doing anything like that, you know, because of my condition. So, so if it come back, you're going to go stand at, right at the edge of that mountain and let them push you off again? No, 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 no. I'm moving forward and moving up and Good. I'm healing and, you know, I definitely, I mean, my sleep has a crazy improved on it. 
oh my gosh, wow. I, can, I can get away with now like five hours of sleep. And I sleep like a dog now. Sleep like a dog. It's amazing. Shocking. <laughs> so, so he had someone try to steal his bike and they pushed him off a mountain in Beverly Hills and he fell way down and broke his back. Broke my back and I broke uh, 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 10 bones in my feet. 10 bones in the feet. And now he has a new back that he walks on like an old person. <laughs> it's and, a cold <laughs> But the good thing from it, he is losing weight. He got beautiful skin now. And he's sleeping like a dog. <laughs> you got to try the carnivore diet. I mean, I'm, like today, I'm, I, ate four, <laughs> I ate four eggs. And when I get home, I'm going to eat a pound of beef. But I, you got to eat fatty red beef. So I'm, I'm going to have like a... A pound of Wagyu ground beef, <laughs> which is 75% lean. Well, had I known that, we would have put you off a mountain a long time ago. I wish. It, <laughs> no, I don't wish it. That's crazy. <laughs> but I'm glad, I, I'm, I'm, glad uh, I'm a newbie to it. It's going to be the next big thing. The next two years, boom. It's fantastic for weight loss. I've seen all these fat people. Falling off the mountain? Sorry? Falling, being pushed off a mountain. No, no, no. That's what well, was horrible experience. Man, oh, I, I see. I ended up in a nursing home, but I mean, I, 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 a lot yeah, of things have happened. Nursing home, land on a flat back. No one would go visit. Well, because I was in Long Beach. And, it was uh, far. He had to go through it all by himself. Yeah. And it paid off. Yeah, it's paying off. It's right now. And I'm also, I mean, I had a friend of mine get me into NVIDIA stock, so. I was like, okay. Wow. So I was like, it's going to be the next artificial intelligence stock. So it's like, okay. it's going to hit probably 1100 this hey, year. Hey, that's enough. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Sorry, I forget. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Okay. Hi, y'all. Any questions or anything? Anybody had a life this week? How you doing? How's your life? Good. Great. And what's good and great about it? You've been here before, right? Well, I'm healthy, <laughs> not like him, but... Is this your first time here? That's my first time. Oh, it is. And what's your name, your first name? Hilda Perez. Uh, and welcome. Thank you. Um, any qu- how did you find, find us? Uh, Rene, my son. That's your son? Yes. That's your son? That's my son. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> no. Uh, I'm so proud of him. <laughs> what's, what's your impression of your son? What's your impression of your son? Oh, my impression. He's very strong. And he's happy to come. And I said, okay, let me, let me go in and see. Right on. Any questions? No, I'm listening today. Right on. Well, welcome. Thank you. All right. Uh, so nobody had any questions. Anybody had a life this week? Everybody was just waiting to be taught today, huh? Okay. So I, um, I've said over and over again that our battle is a spiritual battle. It's definitely, without a doubt, a warfare between good and evil. It has nothing, zero to do with color, race, male or female, um, it's not physical one iota. And the interesting thing is that the warfare is happening inside of us, in the mind, and in the emotion. 
It is seriously happening there. And then it is happening in the world, but outside of us, inside of other people in their mind. And it's evil. Anyone that has anger is evil. They're pure evil. And that's what has to die if you want to be free. And it will and it can die. I, uh, and the deception of the ego, of the intellect, is mind-blowing to me. The devil has played so many deceiving tricks on us that you're not going to know it until you start seeking you, until you start looking at what's going on inside of you. You're not going to know he's tricking you. Because if you're not seeking, even if you heard about it from someone else, you're not going to believe it. Unless you were trying to return to the Father. Unless there was something in you that had already reminded you that something is wrong with you. It is, I don't know what it is, you might be saying, but something is wrong. Then when you hear the truth, it would turn on a light. And you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And that's the beginning. But the devil has played such an ego trip, it's mind-blowing to me. One of the things that I interviewed a, a nice man, and a person, but a nice man, a preacher on the radio show uh, this week, and we talked about anger, and he said that he had, I asked if you have anger, he's like, yeah, I have righteous anger. He has righteous anger. And I hear that a lot from the Christian people. They have anger, and they call it righteous anger. And they say, well, Jesus Christ was angry. And so because they're angry, they think it's the same type of anger that Jesus Christ had. They'll associate evil anger with righteous anger. And the devil has tricked them with that. That's why you can't trust the intellect at all. The devil has told them that your anger is the same as Jesus' anger. It's righteous anger. And so I, I said, give me an example of what you're angry about. <laughs> well, if a woman having an abortion, killing a baby in the womb is, is wrong. I get angry about that. They call that righteous anger. Or they say the transgender thing. I'm angry about that. They say this and that. But they never describe what um, righteous anger is. They're still describing evil anger, the anger of the devil, calling it righteous anger. It's mind-blowing to see it. But I understand it. So I'm not, I understand it. I totally understand it. You don't know the, the trick the devil play on you. This is why when you learn stuff, except practically, don't even hold on to that really. But when you learn stuff, don't hold on to it. Let it go. Don't identify with knowledge. Even knowledge from the Bible, because you hold on to it, you will be deceived by the devil. Anger that human being has is not righteous anger. It's not even your business. If a woman decides to kill the baby, the man's baby in the womb. That's between that woman, the daddy of the baby, and, and Satan. And you don't have a right to be mad at anyone because they do what they do. If, if everybody in the country wanted to just cut off their body parts, and the body parts all land in the streets, 
It's not your business. Why would you be mad about what someone else does? That's judgment, and that's evil. God's not mad at them from doing it. Why are you mad at it and call it righteous anger? I want you to know that you don't know what righteous anger is. It's not uh, what you think. That's another trick of the devil. It's so interesting to hear it, though. And then when it, so many people married and they have family or they're not married, in their private life, they'll catch a hell with anger. The spouses are fighting one another. The husband can't deal with the wife. But they call it righteous anger. Anger, there's no, in God, there are no feelings. There's no judgment. There are no, there's no fear. There's no revenge. There's no nothing. You're just 100% free. There is no thinking. All thoughts disappear when you're one with the Father. All thoughts disappear. So I want you to know that. Another thing, I saw this, somebody been recommending this movie. Watch this movie, watch this movie. Uh, and it was called... Nefarious. Nefarious. Anybody seen that? Nobody has seen it. Really, y'all heard about it? Oh, really? Well, people call my show and suggest I see it. And just like they did with that other movie I finally watched. Uh, before I respond to that movie, Sean, you saw it, right? Yeah. Did you see it up? You, you saw it, hey? No. Oh, okay. You, Nick? I'm sorry? No, I haven't. Uh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I totally understand. What would you get from it? What was your impression about it? Um, well, first of all, it's, it's kind of a relief to watch a movie that doesn't have too many, like, cut scenes and edits. The entire movie takes place in one room, just between two people. And the only cuts are between the two people. Right. And it's all about the writing and the performance. Like, it's some of the best acting I've ever seen, really. The, the, one, the one guy, if you haven't seen it, you know, he sort of plays two different parts at once. And... Um, it was really, really well done, you know. Um, they talk about a lot of the same stuff that we talk about, being, being possessed, <sighs> um, how you're not in control. And um, I thought it was uh, really good. I'll probably rewatch re it at some point, yeah. Amazing. I'm, I'm going to watch it a hundred times. <laughs> I'm just playing, not a hundred times, but I am going to watch it over and over again. Um, Anything else you got from it? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a phrase I really like. You know when people say, like, oh, I found myself doing this. Like, before I knew it, I found myself doing this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. That's such a deep phrase for me. You know, I, I don't, like, fully understand it. I, I think it could probably mean something negative or something positive. Like, I, I found myself doing this in, in a bad way. Like, right. I was influenced to do it, and before I knew it, I found myself doing this. Or it could be meant in a, in a positive way. But that movie just lays that, that uh, concept out perfectly. You know, the guy is, is possessed. And like he, before he knows it, he finds himself doing this, that, or the other thing, but it's not, it's not him. Amazing. So, yeah, that's what I thought. You know, I, I didn't realize it was all in one room. Yeah. Two guys sitting in a room. They have a little outside of the room action too, but it's not much. 
but it was so interesting, I didn't realize until right now, it all took place in one room between two people. Right, and that's, that's, the, that's the good stuff as far as movies wow. go for me. You know. I, didn't, I forgot about that. Um, the one, if, after watching that movie, if you're not pre- uh, convinced that you are possessed with evil, ain't nothing else going to uh, convince you. There's nothing to convince you. You might well go die. Every human being is possessed with evil. Every human being. There's not one that's not possessed with evil. And evil tells everyone the same thing. It does the same thing to everyone. It causes you to react. Everybody reacts in the same way. And everyone thinks it's them. And evil has so many personalities, identities inside. Every human being has, I would estimate maybe more, at least 60 to 70 different personalities, different spirits inside of you. And you call it your own. That's why overcoming the ego, there are layers and layers and layers and layers of identity you have to overcome Never think that you've overcome. Because if you think that you're overcome, you have not. Overcoming, there's no more thinking about it. And in this movie, they show layers and layers, different personalities. This guy, he would get intellectually smart like the devil. And he would just quote out devil stuff. But it seemed like it was smart stuff. And then if something else happened, his personality would switch. Just before he was being executed, I hate to tell y'all what the movie about, but I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Because it's so deep. This guy, he was a murderer. He murdered a lot of people. And then he realized he was possessed that it wasn't him, that it was something else making him do it. He didn't want to. And so uh, when this psychiatrist went to interview him just before he was put in the lecture chair, they had to do one last interview of him before he was put in the chair to be electrocuted. Because they asked him which did he want, to be electrocuted or died by lethal ingestion, but he chose the chair because that's more painful. Painful, and it makes sense. And the lawyers, the, uh, the psychiatrist said, well, you're going to die. He's like, no, I'm not. He's like, you want to put it? Yeah, but I, I'm not going to die. I can't die. I'm not dying. You may fry my body, you may do this and do that, but I'm not dying. There's no such thing as death. And then, in essence, and then he, uh, you know how they offer you your last meal? Anybody about being electrocuted, they offer you your last meal, and you ate, and then they call it out? Nobody here? <laughs> <laughs> now y'all went to the chair? And, they asked, and he had gone into a different mode, like a, a sad human 
what we would call a human mode, right? Uh, you feel sorry for him. He like, I want, what do you want to eat? Um, milkshake. Cheeseburger with a, with a milkshake. Yeah, a good cheeseburger with everything well, well done. I want a milkshake. And he was looking at I want a milkshake. And I want it really thick and chocolatey and milkshake. And then the guy said, oh, okay. And all of a sudden he's like, I, want, I don't want anything. The guy said, you're going to be electrocuted. You don't want to eat before you let? No, nothing. He just had another personality. Just like, you know how people switch personality all the time, right? Y'all, anybody ever done that? Switch the personality just like that? I can't hear you. Yes. Yeah. Um, give me an example of you switching personality all of a sudden. Um, it happens all the time with me. Like, um, um, being fake nice, being... You know, you have a thought of something uh, depressing that's going to happen the next day or later on today, but then someone comes talk to you and you want to you want to hide it. Those are so, good examples, man. Yeah, yes. Fate nice, then you try to hide. Those are demons inside of us. Those are not you. Those are fake personalities. And this guy demonstrated that so well. You have to be drunk, crazy. Blind and crippled not to get it. And then he uh, he tricked this psychiatrist. He told him I set it up because he had been interviewed by other psychiatrists while in prison. They were trying to determine if he was mentally ill or did he know what he was doing. Because if you prove you're mentally ill, you can't be electrocuted. They can't be put to death, right? And uh, he tricked all the psychiatrists. And he told that them, this one guy, the last guy, I did that so I could get to you. I got rid of all those other psychiatrists so I knew you would be coming. And the reason I want you because I want you to write a book about me, about him, right? And, and this guy would go into like a baby, innocent pose. He would snap out of it into like, oh, don't hurt me kind of personality. He would snap back. And he knew that it was the demons that was working through him. He knew it because he was a demon. He's like, I'm evil. I am evil. And he mentioned that everybody is evil. But then Christ came. That's the one thing that he was disappointed about, is that Christ tricked him and died on the cross. If he had done that, everything would have been just fine. <laughs> Meaning that there was no way out for you to overcome the hell that's in you. It was, and so he did go to the electric chair, and he made that guy watch him being led to elect, uh, what do you call it? Crucified, whatever you want to call it. And, but the point I want you to know is that every human being is possessed. You're possessed with evil. In the mind and emotion. That's why you must be born again uh, uh, of God, return to the Father. He also talked about how the world deceived you with words and things like that. He even mentioned racism. There's no such thing as racism. He said that's a made-up word to cover up evil. He mentioned the diversity thing. And that's another thing. The world make up things to cover up evil. 
And it's so true. And everybody is to see. It's so deep. I highly recommend it. And what is, what is it called again? Nefarious. Nefarious. I'm telling you, I highly recommend it. Even though it had those subtitle thing, it's still clear English. But sometimes they speak so fast, those subtitles help. I must have rewind, rewind to hear the sub that they owed about a hundred times or more. It was just that deep. It was amazing. My phone was ringing. I wouldn't answer. <laughs> you ever watch a movie like that? You just don't want to be interrupted. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Yes, sir. Uh, during this week, I had a conversation with a friend, and um, there was some stuff going on between him and it was, it was personal, but um, I started getting, I started pushing some ad advice, quote-unquote advice to him, right? I, I wanted him to do it this way or do it that way instead. Um, and as we're talking, as I was talking to him, I found myself just speaking for like maybe a few minutes consecutively. And then all I heard my friend, he didn't say anything after I finished speaking. And he's like, you know, he's like, Randy, are you okay? Like, you sound kind of flustered. And then as soon as he said that, I woke up. And I had no clue that what I said, I, I even forgot what I said. But, you know, to your point about um, the other spirits, I, had, I thought, I guess in the beginning, I thought I was doing him a favor. Right. But I was really doing myself a favor because I wanted to hear myself. And then after waking, waking up afterwards, like, I guess it's like coming down from a high. Like, I had no clue what I said, no clue what I felt. I just knew that I was getting upset because I was trying to push something upon someone else who probably didn't care. Yeah. And, and um, it's, it's true. Those spirits are crazy. That's why the one thing that the devil works overtime to do is to keep you unconscious. He... He doesn't want you to be conscious. That's the battle with him, is that he wants you to be unconscious. And he's working overtime to keep you with thoughts and feelings about everything. We had our men's form this past Thursday night, the first one for this month, and there was a, a, a guy in the meeting. He lived way over yonder, so y'all don't know who it is. And a speaker was us speaking, and the guy blurted out something that had nothing to do with the speaker, wouldn't even thought about, talked about. And everybody was what are you talking about? <laughs> just blurted out, and it, was just, and it was not nice. It was not clean. And they just blurted it out. And so later I talked to them in private. I'm like, what, because I like to understand why people trip. I already know why they do. I'm like, what made you, what made you do that? And they said they went unconscious. And they thought that that's what the guy was talking about. They were sitting in the meeting and went clearly unconscious. They didn't hear me ask the guy a question. And the guy was referring back to the question. They thought that the guy was talking about because they went unconscious. That's what the devil does. The devil can have you in this meeting right now. You could be sitting here in this meeting right now. And the devil can have you downtown somewhere. The devil can have you thinking about 30 years ago, 40, 50 years ago, or something that happened this morning. And you, your body will be here, but your mind will be with the devil. It won't be here. And that's why you have to constantly work on coming back to the present. 
That's all you need to do is work on coming back to the present. And in the present is where God is and he would clear the mind. He would get rid of the thoughts and emotions and he would get rid of all those identities. But it truly take work. So that's that's why I tell people now, do those little things. When you walk through a door, be aware of walking through that door. We all get up today from the meeting. Be aware of getting up. Don't be in your head thinking about, let me find somebody in the room I can conversate with. Be aware, and you still can conversate, drink coffee or whatever, but at least they, you got to work on being aware because the devil is in your thoughts and emotions. And he worked overtime to keep you unconscious. But if he has no power, in the movie, the guy kind of mentioned before Christ came, the devil had power over everyone. There was nothing you can do about it, in essence, right? And, but now the devil has no power, but yet everybody's deceived because they're born in that condition. You can overcome it now, but you got to work on you. And I want you to notice, as working on you, when you start really, really getting sincere about working on yourself and focus on that, not only will the devil become tired of messing with you, he lose power, and you'll see those things leaving because you will experience less thoughts and less fear and less doubt. But then the devil is going to use people outside of you to come after you too. Believe me, he's constantly trying to build an army against you. But when that happens, just notice that too. And don't judge the people that's trying to hurt you. They're living in hell too. They're possessed by evil and don't know it. And so the devil wants to tempt you to judge them. Do not do it. Just don't do it. As you see what's happening inside of you, you will see what's going on inside of others. You will see the demons in them too. It's amazing that we can be possessed and not know it. That's what's so weird about it. And we call it something else. People that say that anger is righteous, their anger is righteous, they're possessed and don't know it. The devil has convinced them that what God or Christ was talking about was the same evil that they have, the same anger. Even though it's messing up relationships, it messing up the children, it, it is insane, it have fear, they still call it righteousness. Righteous anger. Isn't that amazing? So I recommend that movie, Nefarious. I recommend you watch it today if you can. It's really good. Really. Oh, but forget about everything I said about it, because what will happen, the devil, the devil will build you up about it. He will give you more than what I'm telling you about it. And then if it doesn't live up to your imagination, you'll say, oh, it wasn't that good. <laughs> Anybody ever had that? Somebody tell you about a movie, how great it is, and the devil tell you, oh, it's really going to be fun, it's going to be this, and you have another expectation, and then you go and watch it, it wasn't that good. Let all thoughts about what I just said about the movie go, and, ha- and just wait and see. Let the thoughts about it go. But it's deep. It really, really, I would like to interview that guy. I don't know which is best, better, that movie or the other one? What's the other one, Nick? Revolver. Revolver. I never saw Revolver. 
Oh, you did that? No. Oh, man. Uh, so, so you wouldn't the, know then. The, the Pope's Exorcist was the third one that was good. Pope's you saw Exorcist. that one? Yeah, I saw that one. I, I personally think, and I could be wrong, of the Revolver and the Pope Exorcist, I saw both, I think this was the best. Because it's what we talk about every day in these meetings. It's what we talk about on the radio show. It's what I tell you to be suggested that you be aware of in your own mind and emotion. Whomever did that, it was about that, what we talk about, how you possess. And it was well done. It was like kudos to that man. Who made, who's producing, you know? It's an Irish guy. Uh, I don't know his name, but he's yeah. Irish. Well, you're doing a great job, Irish guy. And the actors, the, the guy that played the devil and the psychiatrist did an amazing job. Yeah, the guy who played the devil is the you know, producer, writer, creator. Oh, he is? Oh, he's the man, yeah. Wow. The guy that played the devil? It was better than, what's the name of that guy? That, the Exorcist, right? Russell, it was better. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah. That's the actor. The Exorcist was good, too, but in, in dealing with evil and what we are talking about every day in these meetings, this movie brought it home to that. It really did. The Exorcist is about just being possessed and laying up there looking silly. <laughs> <laughs> Spitting at the Pope when he tried to get you. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I've been thinking a lot about like um, regret, you know, and how, how silly it is. I don't, I don't regret a lot of things, but a couple of weeks ago, you had an assignment to watch our thoughts and, and see how they all just repeat themselves and how they're all just about you. And I didn't realize it until I, did, until I you know, focused on that, that I put a lot of thought into either what I'm about to say to someone or what I just said to someone. I'm like, oh, I should have said that. I should have said this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, or, or I'll put a lot of thought, like I said, into what I might say or, yeah. you know. Uh, and um, I didn't think I was a, like, regretful person until I started looking at that. And I put so much time and effort into thinking, oh, I should have said that. I could have said this. And it's just another form of, of like uh, regret, but I didn't realize I was doing it until I, uh, until I realized it, you know? Nice. And um, yeah, that's, you know, that's it. There are so many things I promise you that you don't know about yourself yet. You just don't know. I never assume that I know. I just have to have a way to see. And as long as you practice Watching you, watching those thoughts and watching those feelings, you're going to see. The ego death is not a, because we're so identified with layers and layers of false identities, the ego death is deeper than what y'all think it is, or even what I thought that it was. But once you start doing it, there's no going back. It's so much fun dying, even though it doesn't feel like fun. But once you die from one layer of false identity and there's another, it's so much fun dying than thinking about dying. Once you're working on yourself, there's no greater fun than that. Working on yourself, there's no amount of money or nothing that is better than working on you, returning to the Father. It's so much fun. You can live the regular life all alone working on yourself. Really. 
because all ideas and all identities disappear and you're not alone. You could be with a crowd, a hundred thousand people still. What's the name of that woman? Brenda, that woman that always had the football game now and everybody just focused on her. Taylor what? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift? Mm-hmm. How come they like her? her I, I, I know she's seen, right? Yeah. So it's all about her song? And her looks. And her looks. Her fashion. Everything. People, they're just obsessed. That's right, Nick. Just stand there, hold you. Um, <laughs> I was waiting to see how long he stayed there and just look and, en- and enjoy the conversation like I am. Go ahead. It's about her look. And her I think it's, you know, her looks, her, um, her, she's got this appeal, this magnetism. I can't relate to it. You can't, you can't or you can't? Cannot. Oh. You know, I'm not, probably, it's probably a generational thing too, but, uh. Yeah, that people are obsessed. So it's all to the ego. She's appealed to the ego. Yeah, they're saying that she even has, uh, is going to have a profound effect on the elections. But that, you know, the media, we can only take that all with right. a grain of salt. And Kanye would yell at her and say that this, this award should go to uh, somebody else? Yes, she, he did that. To her? Yes. Oh, that was the woman he went on stage and said that to? Yes. Really? Uh-huh. Whoa. <laughs> That's amazing. How did you know that? I happened to when well, we report the news. Oh, okay. You remembered. Yeah, I remember. Oh, okay. But I didn't know for her, I thought it was I was thinking it was the other singer that tripped out and now she the last oh, time Britney I saw her Spears. she tried to she had a knife, a sword in her room doing this. <laughs> What's her name? Brittany I think it's Britney Spears. That's her name? Mm-hmm. Which she had is not now that her dad is not her mentor anymore, she's like in her room with a knife and the dolls are around her. If I don't dolls, I go hide on the bed because you don't know if that's coming next. <laughs> you just don't know. Right. But anyway, it's amazing to see the uproar of this one person like that. But it's all for the ego. It's the thrill. The media push her. They keep her in the light. When she's at this game, they make sure that she's, everybody knows she's there. She ran down and kissed her boyfriend when the game is over. It's all for the thrill. It's all another false worship. It's all evil. Thrills are evil. When you have a good feeling, that's a thrill, it's evil. When you have a bad feeling, it's evil. Amazing. It's in the mind. You got to die from thoughts. And you're going to see how the world have played you with different titles and blaming other people and calling it this and calling it that. And then you'll be separated from the world. But you must die from the ego. Stop protecting the ego. If someone can make you feel something or think something, just watch that. Don't get mad at them for for bringing that thing up in you. They've done you a favor. One guy called my show this week, and he was like, had just, his, his wife had just walked out on him. And he was boo-hooing. And that was, I'm like, okay. That's good for you to see that. Because someone should be able to walk out on you, you feel nothing about it. Zero. Whether it's a marriage, your children, your family members, relationship, 
friendships, all kind of shit. Somebody want to go? Okay, God, bye. It doesn't even make sense. You're feeling something because somebody left you. And then you make sad songs. My baby gone. My baby gone away. I'm so alone. I think I want to jump in the creek. That's, that's evil. Our relationships should only be with the truth. And then we'll get along better with one another. We have real friendships and marriageships and workerships. All right. So what I want to do is then I want to get to the biblical question. All right. So y'all have anything to say, right? That's strange. I'm here talking all by myself in front of a bunch of people. When did you hear me talk about what you get from what I talked about and ask me a question about it? Um, I got from what you talked about just to practice staying present, practice being conscious so that you don't get tripped up by the devil because he's constantly, he's constantly coming for you. And um, I had a question. I don't know if it's necessarily about it, but have you heard people say the expression, everything happens for a reason? Yeah, I have. Do you, do you believe that? I don't know exactly what they mean about it. I do know there is cause and effect. When we go unconscious, it's going to be an effect to it. And the reason we get what we do is because we, we went unconscious. Mm-hmm. We went into he- the hell of our, the darkness of our imagination, and then we do crazy things. That's why we do them. So I don't know if that's what that means or not. I was, um, I practice all the time. Every opportunity I get, I practice being aware. And I thought it was funny this morning, I was like brushing my teeth and I'm like, what am I thinking about? And I was, I kid you not, I was thinking about Hassan's French bulldog. (laughs) It was funny. (laughs) I let it pass, but because I'm constantly watching it, I'm like, it's the craziest things. Yeah. There's something I got to do next week, taking some business. And I woke up in the middle of the night. It was all in my head. It was all in my mind. And I'm like, look at the devil trying to make me think about it. Today is Sunday Mm -hmm. or Saturday night, right? And, And it was on my mind. I let it pass. And have y'all been doing that four-minute thing? Anybody been doing that? Have you been doing the four-minute thing? I haven't been doing the four-minute thing. Did you forget to do it? I've just been so practicing, like, on doing the silent prayer, even when it's not morning or night, when I have an opportunity to just sit there and watch. Watch. You got to watch. You got to watch everything the devil telling you. Just watch it. Really. Um... Okay. Amazing. Yes, sir. And then I'll take you. Right here. Yeah, so I have this problem that I'm having physically where I'm grinding my teeth because I'm, I guess because I'm so stressed, but I don't know when I'm doing it because it happens like when I'm unconscious. Yeah. When I'm totally unconscious. Like the only evidence I have of it is that my jaw hurts. Like I'm in pain because... I've been doing that, and I've noticed that I've been doing it less because I've caught myself. Like, when I 
when I notice that, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just sitting here in thought. You go and unconscious. I'm, I'm clenching and grinding my teeth. And yeah. I'm, I'm just so in that moment that physically my body takes over. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And so this week I was in negotiations with my landlord for a buyout to move. And uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this is what I'll, you're supposed to offer by the state, but I'll take half. And we've been going back and forth, and I the whole time I just wanted to get angry and just send all these nasty emails and say, you're just doing this on purpose, you're not helping me out, blah, blah, blah. And I kept just saying, God, don't listen to these thoughts. You're just, these things are crazy, what, yeah. you know? And, and then finally they gave me an offer, and it was for double what I asked. And I'm like, okay, so why are they giving me double? What is it they're trying to do to me now? And I'm like, my mind just was to, no matter what the situation is, it just it says, where, where, where are they trying to screw you over now? That's why when you're negotiating, you have to watch the devil. He will make, give you all kinds of things. Let me do this before he take the mic. What, um, what, what have I said this morning, some of the things, and what did you get from it? Well, yeah, I, 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 I noticed that when I go unconscious because I have a physical reaction that no, I... What I, have I said this morning that you remember and... Oh, like what did I it? learn? Yeah. Well, I learned that um, when I'm possessed that I literally become unconscious, like you said. That's, what I, that's why I got the story out because I didn't realize... I thought I was very... I thought I was actually overly conscious. I thought I was trying to watch my thoughts more and I was trying to like be in control of my thoughts and I thought I was being conscious. Amazing. But if you think you're being conscious, you're not conscious. Right. So because when you are conscious, there's no thinking. No thinking. Right. So I kind of got that from you that I'm like, oh, I'm I am unconscious when I think I'm conscious. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I got. Would the devil tell you you made it? Or uh, he tell you, uh, oh, you are conscious? Just know that's a lie. Let that pass. Let that pass. It is a way to live in this world and not be affected by the world. Christ did it, and because he did it, he destroyed evil. Evil has no power except to try to deceive you. You can live in this world in perfect peace, but you got to work on you. You can live in this world not caring anything about what's happening out there. Matter of fact, you're going to see how silly you were to care about what was happening out there with other people. And all your opinion about it is going to disappear because you understand. And you're going to find yourself not gossiping with people because you understand that gossip is going to be boring because you already know what the problem is. You know what the problem is because you knew what you had to overcome. And, and when you hear people gossiping and they try to talk, say that to you about others, you're not you're going to look at them like, well, this is a boring person. <laughs> and they're going to be talking real fast. And you're going to stand there with no words to give them because you know what the problem is now. You know the people can't help themselves. Isn't that amazing? And I think about how human beings treat, we all came from God. Just think about that. We all came from God and we treat each other like hell. 
don't love one another, try to hurt one another, try to destroy one another, join groups. and all. We treat, Just think about that. We all came from a spiritual father that created all, and then we get here, we treat each other like, and don't question, why am I treating that person like that? Don't even question because the thrill of doing it feels better than the thrill of questioning why do you do it. It's all about the thrill of it. The thrill of it. What? Thank you. Any questions? Uh, no. It, well, I mean, the illusion is so clear that I think I'm conscious, that I think that it's there, that I'm just watching and that I'm not... <clears throat> holding but yeah I mean how do how do you how do you catch yourself faster how do you just practice that's a stuff? good question the more you practice being aware as he was talking about the more you practice being aware the more you're going to catch it the more you're going to catch it and it's going to get weaker and weaker because you're catching it before it can infect the body infect the body and the mind and once you catch the devil, he has to flee. That is gone. The more you watch it, the more you will start to catch it. You want to catch it before it brings you another thought. And, and now you're overreacting. You want to catch it? You will catch it. You got to, it was, you got to slow down the mind. Mm. It's like a car racing. You know how people go skiing? And then they're like up on top of the snow, and all of a sudden something happened. They go down this snow thing really fast, and they can't stop unless something stops them. That's what's going to happen to the mind, to the thought. Watch the thoughts are racing with you, right? Going really fast. But the moment you start watching them, they start to slow down. Maybe not right away when you first start, but I promise you they will slow down because you start catching them. As soon as a thought coming, a feeling start coming, you'll see it right away, and you're just like, oh, okay, I see you. You're slowing it down, and they get slower and slower. Until after a while, they get so weak that they need one of those wheelchair things to come by. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, thank you, man. Yes. Uh, Frankie, and then Joel. And then I want to get to the biblical question. Oh, then you have your hand? Okay. Yeah, two things. So doing that uh, four-minute uh, thing, uh, I've been doing Silent that. Silent prayer? Yeah. Yeah. So just watching what's in my mind, and I, I try to do it every day before I leave the house. And it tells me I've forgotten something because I'm, I'm lost somewhere, so it reminds me. But I just, uh, that's a whole different type of way of looking at myself uh, for well, me. Well, it's the same way as doing it. Don't stop doing a regular, you know, doing it for a long period, 15, 20, 30 minutes, right? But the four minutes thing is to let you see right away how fast so many different thoughts come. Just four minutes, you can have a buttload, bucket load of thoughts coming. About stupid stuff, stuff from whenever, that kind of stuff. So that's the purpose of it. But that doesn't mean you don't get up in the morning and do it, and at night before bed. For me, it's new. For me, it's something different. Yeah. For me, it's, it's a new uh, experience. Are you still doing it in the morning and at night? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
So it's, it's new for me. And so doing that, I've just seen a lot about myself, uh, how fast uh, I go unconscious. I mean, I've never in my life been more aware of myself and never in my life been more extreme in my going unconscious about something. And I can see it now. And so, uh, some, you know, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, it, you know, it's a place where I get the, the greatest amount of peace, too, because there's, there's nothing I can do about it. I just kind of have to be aware of it. Yeah. So. Amazing. Absolutely. Anybody else doing the four minutes or anybody stopped already? Oh, you do the four minutes. Nice. You do it, too. Nice. Yes, you are. Yeah, just realizing that the, the best thing um, is, like, truly recognizing the evil that's within you. But, like, really realizing and seeing it and not, like, intellectually just knowing, like, could you hurt it? Because um, it takes away this, like, stigma of, like, trying to be good or trying to, like, raise, raise to this expectation. Yep. And it also helps you understand everybody else around you and have less of a judgment over yourself and others. But people are afraid to do it to, be, to admit the evils in them because then, then it's that judgment that makes them believe they're a bad person. They're going, they're not going to heaven. But that's the best place to be is recognize that. Absolutely. You made me realize that as soon as you can admit to yourself, you ain't got to tell the world. Oprah said, put it on TV and tell everybody, right? That's not it. As soon as you can admit to yourself that you are evil, it put God to work right away. Because you're confessing your sin. I'm evil. I have anger. The moment you can admit that, the light turns on. But if you can't admit that you are evil, then it ain't going to help you. But the moment you can admit that you are evil, and everyone is possessed until you return to the Father, start working on yourself. And all identity, I didn't know how deep, how many identities we pick up in our lifetime. And we truly think that we're that. I saw a guy and a girl at the gym and they were kissing. And so I said, I'm gonna see if they're gonna look around and see if anybody looking at them kissing. <laughs> they were showing affection, affection in the public, right? And the moment they, even while they were kissing, they, their eyes kind of did like that. But the moment they were done kissing, they looked around to see who was looking. All for the thrill. And then driving on the freeway, you know how sometimes you drive on the freeway and then you get off on the off-ramp? And you, some, some uh, bum there, they want a dollar. Some of them want more than a dollar now. The, the bums are going up. <laughs> <laughs> Everything going up in California. Even the bums want to accept a dollar. <laughs> What am I buying with a dollar? I'm like, what the? Your drug prices went up too, huh? <laughs> but, uh, uh, and, and somebody hand a dollar out to the bomb, the dollar looked to the next car to see if they saw that so that they could get a dollar from you. And then the person that gave the dollar looked back to see that anyone see them giving the dollar out of the window. It's all thrill, it's all ego. But you think, oh, I feel good. They saw me give a dollar. That's why God said, let your giving be done in secret. In secret. 
so that you don't get the thrill from it. Because when you get the thrill from it, that's your reward. He ain't going to make you get no more money. That makes sense? It's all about the thrills. We got layers and layers and layers of mess inside of us. And we call it us. Amazing. Yes, Nick. That's really funny. There is a dollar amount on feeling like a good person, and that price is going up, too. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, man. That's pretty funny. Um, That's crazy. I also wanted to speak on what you said this morning and have a question about it. Yes. Uh, well, I'm asking this to see who paid attention. What's funny about that is what, you talked about, what you've been talking about this morning was uh, exemplified when you were asking her about Taylor Swift. Yeah. In that moment, I was thinking about something you just said. And that moment, I was thinking about something, what you just said before that, and I'm like, Taylor Swift's not important, but I have a job, right? I have this mic in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking about something you said, and really, that's my constant, that's like my constant life. Like, constantly, I'm trying to stay away, like, and I'm noticing, dang, I'm not. Yeah. I'm noticing just how bad it is. And um, so my question pertains to this uncertainty I feel. Um, it has to do with, how do I put this? It, because it feels like recently I made it, I just decided to be more serious about this, I guess, to put it in, in, a, in simple ways. I don't feel like I need to do anything about it, but just to be more serious, make it first, be still, quiet, make that first. And I feel like that's made it, ever since, it's been even tougher than ever. Yeah. And so... And so, and, and it feels like I'm, I got to do, it feels like I'm alone doing this. How do I explain what I'm saying here? The uncertainty has to do with, like I just said, right? It, it, it feels like it's um, worse than ever. Yet, I know, and I don't know why, but I know that anger is evil. And I know that thoughts are lies. Yet, I believe thoughts and have anger, in my opinion. But I just know that's true. And that anchors me. And, uh, and, and knowing that the, what's, that experience that I'm going through knowing that that, for some reason, knowing that that's false anchors me. Yeah. So I was, this uncertainty doesn't make me want to go around talking about it. I don't even ask anyone about it, but I'm wondering, is this that uncertainty you're talking about, about enduring, etc.? Good question. The young lady in the green water respond first, and then I put my two cents. This green? <laughs> um, I really relate to what you just said, and also, everything that's been... <clears throat> how do you want me to... Re like, what do you mean, respond? I have a lot... I have a... Because of time, for real. You I have did, what? I need to figure out, like, what, how you want me to respond, because I have a lot to say. But so. just respond <laughs> to him. Let's, suppose you were walking down this road, down the road, and there was an anchor baby coming by, <laughs> and he saw the halo over you, and he said that about the uncertainty that he felt. Well, I just really relate to that specifically this week. I mean, um, I guess what I would say to him is kind of what you say, like just keep sticking with it. I, I think like, mm, being able to see how possessed I am I'll speak on myself. Um, this week has just been really interesting, I guess, in relationship to what Nick just said, um, because there was something that happened in the way it, by sound, 
cause and effect of like where I could see Satan taking me down this road and I I didn't fight it and part of me kind of enjoyed it just watching because there was sound attached to it and I think um, I'm trying to make this make sense I think what in watching that and watching the thrill go up and down, the thrill of enjoyment, the thrill of the sink and and the back and forth of it all, and then going back into the past. This is all just by hearing music, by the way, which is also really interesting to watch. And going back into my past and looking at certain things and watch just really watching the devil and ultimately, you know, just for a time frame of like from Sunday to Sunday till now, like there's just like this whole other, I don't really know what I'm looking at because I know there's, there's Satan, there's the possession of the devil, there's the identity. Um, and it makes me feel uncertain because, uh, there's no other way to say it it's just another layer of being able to see something in it although like I was talking to Frankie when I walked in here like there's the in the being still I know that I'm okay I don't have like a tremendous fear like I'm gonna die but I can I can see the devil surround like many devils surrounding me trying like if it's not gonna work in this voice, I'm gonna use this voice. If it's not gonna work in this voice, I'm gonna use this voice. And how do I stay certain that the path of what I see myself that I don't know yet? (laughs) Like it it feels really uncertain and you know, to be constantly, like, still is, like, I mean, I don't really, I'm new to that. I don't, I can't imagine a life of just, like, literally walking on water in stillness. <laughs> um, and I spend a lot of time alone, and that's, I, I enjoy that, actually. It gives me heaps of time to watch everything. Um, so it's not even necessarily, like, going out into the world and being dinged by other people. It's just, uh, I was thinking on the way to church today about how, like, last week you said, or the week before you said how, like, when you're listening to your thoughts, you literally give Satan authority over your life. And um, I don't want that. Uh, It's just, it's a lot to be able to see a lot. And I... I understand the uncertainty of it, I guess, is if that made any sense. I understand that. Did that help, Nick? I know she understands. I know she's going through the same thing, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing down a biblical question that just came to my mind. Go ahead, Nick. Did that what, help? What do you want me to say? What? What do you want me to say? Did that help? I understand, but I I know that she sees that what I'm going through. I know she understands what I'm going right. through for sure. But it didn't help. Well, I don't know if she understands exactly what exactly what I'm saying, like exactly exactly what I'm thinking and feeling. So okay. that's where the disconnect, like the uncertainty, the uncertainty I feel is like the same uncertainty I get. It's like the same feeling I get when I'm trying to because I'm kind of an intellectual, and what? I'm kind of an intellectual, and I like figure out Kinda. things, right? <laughs> 
I like figure out things. You I get this. It's the same feeling. I and intellectual. It's the same feeling I get when I'm trying to figure out something, but those things I can figure out. This I can't figure right. out. Uh, I got you. Okay. I saw Frankie Hayne. He wanted to respond to that, and then Joel, and then I will. So I think the situation he's dealing with is uh, he's actually fallen to believing a particular thought, and he's believing what's going to happen. He's believing that story. I had the same thing about, a, about a, a three weeks ago. I had a letter that I needed to, ma to, to mail. I need to answer and mail. Had to be there on time. It was mandatory. And guess what? I was late. And so I, I got a chance to mail that letter in late. And that whole two weeks, my mind is telling me, you've lost it. You've lost. You're not going to get the results you're looking for. Your, uh, my mind, the, the devil was playing with my mind for the whole week, waiting for a response. Every day waiting for a, something in the mail that that came in. And I'm, I'm playing with it back and forth. Oh, uh, it's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. You're going to lose out. You dummy, you shouldn't have mailed it in late. And uh, it took me about a week for me to realize that I was playing a game with myself. And then I just let it go. Whatever happens will happen. And then once I realized that, I became free. And guess what? The letter came back, and it was okay. So all that thinking and all that being in my mind was, was just the devil playing with me. And you know that's when I realized that it's much more subtle. Every little thing that you do, you're, the, it, it gets into your mind, and you make good or bad of it. And you did, did plan that it out. A little bit. A little bit? In what way? Because I'm noticing that really everyone's going through similar things. The, the uncertainty is really coming from also a little bit of like, anybody else feeling like this? You know, like, like it, <laughs> it, it's like, because it's like every day, like, one how thing, unaware, I, how you, really unaware am I? It's so bad. One thing you could bank on, everybody feel the same thing. The devil tells everyone the same exact thing. Situations might be a little different in it, but it's the same thing. No one feels any different than the other. The way you feel is the way everybody feels. It doesn't matter how rich or poor or anything, color, male, female, it's the same feeling. Same thing. And especially for the ones that start to work on themselves, to wake up, they you start to see everybody feeling the same and thinking the same way. But the unconscious person don't know it. They think they're the only one that's feeling that way. But it's the same thing. Yes, Joel. I was just going to say that. Um, I don't think that we realize, really realize how much we actually want to do the things that don't bring us like good. We want to do them, but then say the guilt of doing them, Satan uses to make us feel, to keep us blind, meaning like he uses us to make it feel like we want to do better or we, we don't mean to do these things, right? But it, in my opinion, I feel like we're not really seeing that we do want to do them and that's why we do them. And if we stopped or if we realized that and we just accepted like, no, I want to do this, then we would, it wouldn't have that pressure to stop doing it. But I think that when we want to stop, we will stop. That's just how I see it. 
if that makes sense. No. So the uncertainty, so I just say, <laughs> sorry. So the uncertainty seems to come from like not knowing what to do, but I feel like that's the setup because uh, we we want to do them, and it's that simple. To me, it just seems like we we want to do the things that we think that we don't want to do, and then it feels good to say no, I don't want to do it. It's not good for me. I want to be better, but that's not true. We don't want to be better. Because if we wanted to be better, we would find the right things to do to be better. But that's why we stay. Anyway. <laughs> Anybody agree with Joel on that one? Uh oh, uh oh. You want to change it real fast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what that. Yeah, I know what he's talking about. I do. And what does he mean? And then, hey, you say you agree, right? Do you want to change it now for sure? Oh, James said, oh, yeah, change it. <laughs> it's like uh, when you, it's like eating all the best foods that taste the best are bad for you. And it's like, I want this food. I want this cake and ice cream, but I don't need it because, I mean, I don't, it's bad for me, but something in me wants it. And so when you say I, it's bad for me, it's like um, that makes you want it more, you know. So he, what Joel is saying that if you just, okay, whatever. But, but what you mean is that there's something in you that wants it. It's not really you. That, well, that, that's, you know, that's well the, to, make the, to, that, to use that example is that, like we say, like, I want to get healthy. Right. But yet we're eating the, 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 the brownies all the time, right? But we right. don't really want to get healthy. Because if we really wanted to get healthy, we would stop eating the brownies all the time. But that's not the case. But we think, like, the only reason why we feel guilt now is because we're like, dang, I wanted to be healthy. I really want to do this. But you're lying. You really want to eat the brownies, and we keep eating the brownies. What kind of brownie do you eat? Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me go to Hank. And I, I saw your hand, and then here and here. And I saw your hand, too, right? You had to, okay. Yes, hey. Do you like, agree with Joel that you want to do what you do? No, not that part. <laughs> I, I kind of agree with I kind of agree with Josh that there's something in you thing. But I liked his point about the the setup that guilt is. The we, guilt the guilt makes you fool yourself into thinking that you into thinking that that guilty feeling and these feelings of wanting to right. be better is the really is the real wanting to be better, but that I don't oh, think it is. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh. Uh, See, well, that's he, he just said it better. <laughs> <laughs> the guilt. You're right. The guilt is not you, and the guilt doesn't mean you want to do it right. The guilt just makes you feel like, oh, I'm sorry, I did it that way, but, right. Yeah, it just makes you feel like you don't want to do wrong. Yeah. But you it's do. It's a false feeling. Yeah. Amazing. I had to go to a white person straight it out. Right. You and a black person? No, I'm playing. Let me go here and then across the room. Yes, sir. Yeah, I remember a quote from uh, Jarrell's show last year. He said, uh, he said uh, I don't care if it's good for me. But it works right now, and that always stuck with me. 
because that's how... He doesn't how, care if it's good for him, but it works. But it works at the moment. What was he referring to? I don't know. Probably like relationships or something. Oh. oh and, and what did you think about that? I thought it made perfect sense because uh, we don't... That's... I mean, especially... I mean, for me, I don't, I don't, I don't think twice if it's good for me. But if it's good at the moment, then oh, it works. So if you're taking some fentanyl and it's good at the moment, it doesn't matter. They're gonna kill you. It depends where it's from, but no, no, of course not. So what? But no, of course not. But I think he was relating to relationships or something. Right. So if you're in a relationship, as long as it feels good and it's working, you don't care what else to come? It's working right now. That's all you care about? Yeah, that's what he oh, said. Oh, I see. Interesting. Did you forgive your mother? Uh, I did. You forgave your mother? Yes. You went to her? Right. And, and you said, I'm sorry for resenting you? Yeah, in other words, yeah. What did you say? I said it in Spanish, but yeah. How did you say it in Spanish? That I forgive you. In Spanish. And, and what did she say? Um, uh, she accepted it. She said what? She accepted it. Oh, she said, I'm sorry for screwing you up? Yep. Oh, nice. Yep. Did, did you know you screwed him up before he said, I'm sorry? Well, all the time he says, sorry, mom. And I say, you don't have to sorry. I mean, I'm here for you. And you, sorry you know, for any mistake that I made, too. Did you know you had hell in you? No. Did, you didn't know it? Sometimes, I don't know. I mean. Do you see the hell in you sometimes? Sometimes, yes. And what do you do about it when you see it sometimes? Uh, sometimes I just let things go. You're like, oh, that's just hell. <laughs> <laughs> do you have anger? Uh, sometimes, yes. Uh, and why don't you overcome it? Uh, I'm a, I feel that like I'm trying to calm person. You try to overcome? I try to. I try to. And by doing what? But any anger that I feel, because sometimes I feel it's normal. Like you said, we have a anger, we have devils. And you think it's normal? I think so. No, it's not no. normal. Uh -uh. You're not supposed to have hell in you, uh, the devil in you. Have you forgiven your mother? Uh, I think so. I don't have nothing to... To forgive my mom. Oh, uh, is she still living? She's still living. She's and and you not you have not gone and forgiven her. Uh, I always ask for forgive, but you, you ask her to forgive you. Yes. But you have not forgiven her. Well, I don't feel that I have to because I don't have. I and mean, what? Why don't you? I don't. I don't see that she did something wrong to me. Oh, you don't. She was perfect. Uh, I think so. <laughs> oh, she was perfect? <laughs> to me, yes. Really? 
So she made no mistake. Well, I'm sure she did, but not to me. But she did made no mistake with you. No, that I remember. Or wow. something that made me angry, no? I'm sorry? Something something that made me angry with my mom, no. You never got angry at your mother? Uh when I was little, yes. And what would she do to make you angry when you were little? When uh, she don't let me go out. And then my dad took me to the friends, like parties. So, and then she, wa she was angry. And oh, when she asked me to do things, and then I said, oh, just me. I was the older girl. You were? Uh-huh. Oh, man. The and then I always, rough. I always said, oh, why just me? It's normal. <laughs> oh, I see. You need to forgive her for that. That's evil. Okay, I will. That was evil. And other little things in there, too, you need to see for yourself. But that wasn't nice. That wasn't good. That was evil. And that's why you feel like you got to face the fact that you resent her for those little things when you were a little child. And that's why you've been mean to your son, because you've done to your son Exactly what your mother done to you. Have you noticed that? You have no patience when you're growing up and all that? You notice that? Yeah. I can't hear you. Move the mic up. You notice that? Oh, pardon yeah. me? You notice you didn't have patience with your son? Yes. That came from your mother not having patience with you. Probably, yes. Yeah. It's you true because we do the same thing. Even without thinking. You what? Without thinking, yeah. we do the same. Yes. That's because you became just like your mother. And you don't want to be like your mother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know in which way. But right now, my mom is, I mean, to me, it's good. But when I grew up, yeah, I was like, sometimes. Yeah, that's when she recreated your, her image. Mm -hmm. When you were right. a child, she was making you mm -hmm. angry, irritating you, and you were angry at her, and you became like her when you became angry mm -hmm. at her. That's why you sound like her, y'all think the same thing now, because you're not yourself. Yes, you're, you're right. And when you go and say, hey, mother, I'm sorry for resenting you. You recreated me in your image. You hated my father and all that. You're going to see the hell come out of her. So get ready. Okay, I will. I will be prepared. She, she's going to have a fit. Oh. <laughs> Are you scared already? Now you made me think. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to face her. I, and then God will forgive you. Just say, hey, I'm sorry for resenting you. I become just like you. I know you couldn't help yourself. I did that to my son, what you did to me. And I couldn't help myself. And God will forgive you. If she apologized, fine. If she start crying, fine. If she yell, fine. If she fall out and die, like, oh, mommy, dad, <laughs> did she have insurance? <laughs> <laughs> Bury her and go your way. Mm -hmm. God will forgive you, and then he'll take the demons out of you. You know, You're and she always said, you have to forget, to, you want to be forgiven. You have to forgive people. She always said that? Yeah. And yet she forgave nobody. <laughs> you notice that? She is not an unforgiving person. 
No. We're a mess, huh? <laughs> uh, and forgiveness is when you, you know how you get angry at people? Mm-hmm. That's unforgiveness. Because you're wrong to get angry at anyone about anything. There's never a reason to be angry. So when you apologize for getting angry, I was wrong for getting angry, then that's what forgiveness is. You, because when you get angry, you judge. When you judge, you play God, right? So when you apologize to her for being angry at her, that's what forgiveness is. You're forgiving her. You're wrong for resentment, and God will forgive you. But when you just say, oh, I'm sorry I didn't listen, or I'm sorry I jumped out the window, that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is when you admit that you were wrong for being angry. Because the person couldn't help themselves. Your mother hates her mother, so it's just being passed on and on and on. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. Now you see that you need to forgive her? Yes, I will. Amazing, huh? Mm-hmm. Any questions about that? No. Nice. Not right now. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, I forgot where I was. <laughs> oh, Nick, uncertainty. I saw, I did see your hand first here and then duck. Right here, Nick. Oh, man, I got to get to the biblical question. Okay. Um, I, one thing that I started doing this week, which is something I would say that I know, but um, I just started calling it out to myself, is that, that like what Joel was saying, like, we like doing certain things and then the guilt and all of that. Like, when I started seeing myself go back into the past or go up on a thrill, like, or starting to have a, a feeling or, you know, all these different things, I just started saying out loud, like, the devil has me in a throw right now. Like, the devil has me in the, yeah. you know, I just started, which, you know, any surrounding neighbor might have thought I was, well, possessed, actually, correct. But, like, yeah. <clears throat> I just started saying it out loud because I, there's such a knee-jerk reaction, I think, that I've learned in my life that, I have a feeling, I look at my bank account or something, I'm like, I'm stressed right now, I have that, you know? <laughs> and I, instead of saying that, like, there's, it wants to fall out of my mouth, like, it, without even thinking about it. But I started, like, really catching myself, like, I'm going to start, I mean, if I'm talking out loud to Satan, I'm going to start saying, like, like, I see you right now, you yeah. know what I mean? I see that you're taking me to this place. I see that you're giving me this. Like, this right isn't on. me. I don't know who I am. I'm not even going to try to pretend anymore, honestly. Like, I don't either. Um, I don't know who I am, but I know I ain't that. Right. And I think there's, I think this week, allowing myself, because there was that, that what, there was a moment where I started hearing this music and I started getting, I could see that I was getting a thrill in it, like, diving like head first I don't care if my head hits cement and splits wide open like I just was like I'm going for this and the next thought was like how dare you do that you know it goes into this voice of like you know better what are you doing you've been going you know like and I'm like this is the devil too like I don't know where this is going but I'm gonna watch this because this is something that I've done my whole life. Yeah. I hear a sound. I hear music. I identify with. I, 
whatever. I have a list of things that go on by hearing music, you know. Next time you hear a song that you like, yeah. or a song period, and you like it, you can rock to it. Oh, and I, just be aware yeah. that you're rocking I know, to it. I know, trust me. <laughs> that's, that's not my problem, but, I know, I know. But, like, um, but just don't. But I'm watching that, I'm watching that. I'm watching the, the like, a year ago, I would have said, like, I'm just really passionate. You don't understand yeah. how deep this is yeah. for me. You know what I mean? Like, and now no. I'm like, I'm watching that. And it, there is that voice that wants to say, like, what are you doing? You shouldn't be feeling this way. You shouldn't be talking, you know, which is also Satan trying to make me feel bad about yes. giving a thrill. And That's it's like, right. I'm just going to ride this out and see how long this goes. Because there's a, plenty to watch here. And I even tried to put like a, well, I'm not going to listen to this music after this day. I tried doing that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. I'm not even going to do that because there's, this is how I've lived my life with whatever. It could be music. It could be a million different things. It's all the same thing. You know what I mean? The only problem that we have with music, if we get a sense of identity from it. Right. And we allow music to save us from the hell. That's the only problem with right, music. Right, right, right. But if right, you're right, conscious right. of it and you're just rocking with it and you, you know, but you know that I when know, it's all is over, you're thing. done. It's just a new thing. It's just a new thing that yeah. kind of, I, I mean, I don't know. I saw, I saw the snap happen last Sunday and it's been snapping all week and, I, right and I'm just watching it. And, but to just bookend this and relate to what Joelle said, like, I, I get it, like, but I, I really am like done with I done, like saying like I feel bad, I feel guilty, I feel stressed, I feel nice. angry. I don't want to talk like that anymore because that's not me. It's not you. Stop identifying with it. Stop calling it you. It's not you. Right. No. The young lady behind you. Yes, ma'am. Uh, this is in relation to what we said about the eating healthy, like eating brownies. Right. I, I mean, I think we can all relate to that because there is that part of me that wants to, like my ego wants to live according to the rules that I set, but I want the outcome, but I want a different outcome, right? Like I want to live by my own set of rules and I still want to go to heaven. Right. And I want to eat whatever I want to eat, but I still want to be healthy. And there is nothing wrong with eating what you want to eat as long as you do it in moderation. As long as you do it without trying to get an identity from it, to escape conflict, to escape the devil, to try to make yourself feel better, do all things in moderation, you'll be fine. As long as you're not using it as a drug to escape the ego. Right. I, I, I get that. I guess um, the way that I understood it is, it's all, or at least the way that I understood what, was it Josh? Is that, okay, hi. Um, is that it, it almost is like a rebellious, you know, thought of I'm going to eat this and I'm still going to When we eat unconsciously that. like that, we're, still, we're just using it to feel better, to escape the fallen state. That's all we would do. But when you eat consciously, it's a different story. But the devil is always trying to cause us to become unconscious. Amazing. Yeah. Yes, Doug. I can kind of, well, I, I, identif I can identify with what 
uh, Nick was saying too, because I have a about lot the of uneasy feeling, uncertainty. Yeah, uncertainty. And I, it's kind of interesting because there are times when something happens in your when you were talking. You mentioned somebody. You know, people will do things against you to try to pull you into resentment or whatever. And and that happened. And I saw. I mean. It happened, and I, I saw myself not even really caring that it happened. And I also see that the people that, there are other people that it happened to also. Yeah. And they're trying to bring me into, you, don't you feel bad? Don't you feel? And, but I always have the uncertainty, like, am I doing it right? Because I don't <laughs> feel like. I don't feel like I went through a thing, to be honest with you. It just happened. I talked to the guy, and I, now there's a – we work close together. Now there's a space there. Yeah. But I, he, could, he sat next to me the other day and was trying to be all friendly and, hey, man, how you doing? And I was just that way. No, and nobody in the room knew there was anything going on. Yeah, that's right. But I don't feel like I went through a thing, to be honest with you. So it kind of makes me wonder – it, it kind of makes me wonder, like, how do I know I'm doing it right? Well, that's a good sign that you are when you don't feel a thing about it. Right. You're not judging the person. And that's the whole purpose of overcoming unconsciousness. Because in reality, we're not supposed to feel anything at all about what the devil tells us or what someone else says or try to hurt us with. That day I said in the movie that there, the devil said in the movie, there are legions of devils. He said that you have no idea there are many legions of devils out there. And he's right. Everyone who has not returned to the Father is, is a child of the devil. But if you start to overcome it, you won't be of that no more. And, and they'll try to hurt you, but you won't feel anything about it. You'll be able to have lunch with the person and not feel anything about it. Because it's no longer with you, it's on them. It was always their issue, it was never yours. So you're doing fine. We, when you see that happening, you're fine. But don't try to make that happen. Let it happen like it did naturally. It'll happen. You will be free from the world. And the devil going to always come at you until he knows he can't come at you anymore. Again, he's going to work you and your mind and emotions when that's done, he's going to get his children to come after you. And just watch that, too. And know that those are legions of devils trying to draw you back into their hell. Because some people love their hell. They love it. They don't want to come out of it. They love imposing their misery on you because they get a thrill from it. And then if you don't react to their thrill, they go to find a group of people to agree with them to get another thrill that they are part of a group that agree with them. They don't love you. They don't love the group. They don't even love themselves. Yes. Um, with what Doug said, I realized even calling my experience anything was, was a mistake. I was about to tell you that. Because I was, I, was, I was describing it like this. I was saying, oh, it's my constant life. I was, right. No, it's just my constant life. Yeah, it's just my constantly. I'm constantly you. in and out of thoughts. Not constantly adding all that emotion to it. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make sense? All you're doing is going unconscious. Yeah, yeah. That and unconscious feeling, uncertainty feeling, is not you. 
It's just that you went unconscious. May I ask a question yeah. about what you guys were asking, talking about earlier? Yeah. Uh, that I'm a little unsure of. So, so is it that I don't want to be aware? What's, is it that I just don't really want to be aware? I don't really, really want to be aware? Is that what's my problem? Can I Yeah. I'm asking you Yeah. Well, I make sure. So this is how I see it. And this is, and I can be wrong. This is just how I see it. It's like the two spirits that live within us, the spirit of God and the spirit of evil. And a yet, and a yes, we're influenced by certain things and we can be influenced to feed the ego, but we don't have to go with that. Right. But we do go with it because we want to go with it. If we, oh, I remember you saying that. I forgot you said that. You know what I mean? So I think it's, it's yeah, the influences are there, but I see like, well, then why do we have to, why, why do we give power to the influence when we can, if we really didn't want to, we could just, we just don't go with it, but we choose the ego because we want to choose the ego. No. We like the feeling that it gives. No. Fair because enough. I understand what you're saying. But there are people who, look at the people in this room. They don't want to be in the hell that they're in right now. But kind of, though. Huh? But not to cut you off, but kind of we, we do because... You might want to, but they don't. No, but I'm saying, but, but I, I just, the reason why I disagree is because we enjoy the escape and the satisfaction from it. That's why we want to go with it. But the people who are waking up and, and trying to understand, they don't want it. What they don't realize completely yet is that they cannot do anything about it. When they see that of themselves, they can do nothing about it, it's over there. But they want to overcome, but they're still trying to do something about it rather than just watching it. And that's all they should do is just watch it because you realize, I totally understand, not brag, I'm grateful, that I clearly can't do anything about it. And so when you really realize that, you will become a true watcher without any opinion or anything. But that's the, that's the thing that holds most people up. They don't realize they can't do anything about it. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. And of ourselves, we know nothing. We become the watcher. That's it. Because the people that want to overcome, they still end up doing things they regret later or they wish they had not done, right? But they didn't want to do it. But they, didn't, they still try to make themselves be free from it rather than just observing it. Put no effort because there's nothing you can do about it. What do you think about that? I just don't see it. Like, I understand what you're saying, and I'm not, like, denying it. I just don't see it exactly that way because I, I just kind of see that we're all looking for love, and then we, we're okay with taking the, the substitution of it, which is the feelings and the high. people starting to wake up. But, I mean, even people that are starting to wake up now, like, people can say even now that, they're still doing things that they don't, they say that they don't want to do, right? But that's because they still don't know it's not them. They still believe the thoughts and feelings of them. Right. And then they don't catch it. I agree with that. They don't catch the thoughts and feelings when they first start coming. Yeah. And they let them grow in it. And they, that's what makes them do what they don't want to do. But so if they start catching it, which is consciousness, yeah. it will not make them do anything. So you don't think that we like the high from it? There are people that like the high. Even some that still kind of waking up, in the beginning they love the high from it and the lows. But if they stay with it, they start not to like the high from it because they stop identifying with the high from it. 
You know how those girls are over you, all over you all the time, no matter where you go? Oh, my God. Huh? Not true, but I get your point. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you used to get the high feel, wow, I'm so handsome, these girls love me. <laughs> right. But now when they do it, you don't get a high from it that much. Uh, <laughs> but that's the thing is that, like, I'm honest with myself, too, at the same time. I think you're right when I do agree that when you have this understanding that um, those things are, are not you, you end up more influenced by what is good because you realize that the true peace is you've experienced the true peace. Absolutely. But I still think that the escape of that pain that we're going through when we don't always see the true peace, we'll, we'll, we'll accept and take the, the, the attention and the eyes looking because it gives like some of relief to the pain. But, but we're not, not willing they to... they want it though. Right, but I feel like we're not willing to really endure that pain because we oh, are not ready to type of thing. That's Even what though they want to want to be ready, not ready yet. They're not really ready to, or else like, like somebody knows they need to forgive or sees they need to forgive, but they're scared to forgive. But it's like, if you're scared to forgive, you really don't, maybe you really don't understand it, but you really don't want, you're not tired of suffering. That's just what a. That's just how I see it. Well, let me smoke on that. Yeah. Cause you may be right, just don't understand it. All right. When you go to forgive your mother, you're gonna be shaking in your boots. All right. You're gonna be scared. So what now? I know. I, I don't gonna be scared. You, I'm gonna try not to be scared. But you but will. I will. The devil gonna tell you, oh, you're gonna hurt her feelings. You go to this, and she's been so nice. That's your mommy. Don't let that stop you. Okay. All right? Okay. You're you going to be crying. You're gonna be, and then you're going to shake in your boots, but it's the last time you ever shake. Okay. <laughs> and then forgive his father for screwing his life up, too. Remember how hard you was on his father? You gave his father hell. Remember that? Yep. I think so. Yeah, I remember. Oh, she seems so innocent and pretty, huh? Well, <laughs> you seem so innocent and nice. I, I don't, I don't know. No, you gave me daddy <laughs> hell, <laughs> and just see it. It wasn't you. It was that your mama in you, and it even it wasn't even her, but it's that anger that was in her, and and that's why she did that with your father. That makes sense. It makes sense. Right on. Amazing. Yes, Nick. Uh, okay. You had your hand about this? Okay, real fast because of time. Yes, I just want to ask, is it that the thrill of uncertainty comes from the same place as the thrill of certainty? Yes, same thing. Right. It's all out of ego, it's all hell. It's the same thing. Because if, if you felt certain about something, and you say, oh, I'm certain about this, right? You're going to feel uncertainty. If you feel uncertain, you'll get a fake feeling of certainty because you're divided. But when you're one, you're neither certain or uncertain. It doesn't exist. Um, that helped Nick a little bit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. The biblical question, are you afraid you're not going to make it? Anybody afraid they're not going to make it? Oh, good. Uh, let me go to this young lady first here, then, Joel. You're afraid you're not going to make it. 
Well, not all the time, but there's definitely moments where it's trying to kidnap me into dwelling on it. Um, and yeah, and then of course, well, what does it mean to make it? Um, oh, okay. You know, what does it mean to make it? And I think for me, it's just been I'm, I'm working on a really big production now with work, which is one of, of the biggest production I've done like solo. And it's been one of the productions where I felt the most calm because when you kill the thrill or practicing constantly to kill the thrill, there's just so much peace and joy in yeah. just, just the process of it. Yeah. And uh, I think in that peace and stillness, there is no, it's not been a worry for me about that. Like when the show is being put on, there is, there is no making it because it's the, is enjoying the process of it, right? And I think being in that these past weeks have just really helped me to, yeah, just really enjoy that piece and creating it with so much joy. And um, yeah, and that kind of killed that fear of not making it. Yes. And making it is not, of course, this production, but I think that's with anything that we do. Um, and yeah, I mean, even when I'm, coming here and, you know, I work nights. Um, so I sleep for a few hours and every morning I have to overcome this spirit. It's like, it's gonna be much nicer to sleep than go and listen to other people's problems, you know? And I always <laughs> have to like, overcome that um, or sit on this uncomfortable chair and listen <laughs> for two hours, you know? Like yeah. just sleep. And I think just I think overcoming that because the devil, like once you set your mind or your soul on the truth, the devil is going to start testing you yes. in all kinds of ways. Yeah. And overcoming that, I think, is making it for me. Okay. Um, so to loop back to the questions, I think um, the only time I have fear of not making it is when I'm allowing myself to be kidnapped from the present. Oh, okay. Um, Amazing. Uh, Josh, you say you're afraid of not making it? I, I would. Hold on. Yeah, yeah uh, I wouldn't say that it's, it's me that's uh, afraid of not making it, but... Did I see thoughts, your hand? No, I didn't raise my oh, hand. Oh, you didn't raise your hand? Yeah, but oh, I, okay. the, the thoughts come in my head, and I do get... I believe them, and in that moment, I... I I'm believing the thought that I that I'm scared, but then I, later on I look back at it and realize, oh, I wasn't scared. That was just fake. Oh, okay. Joe, yeah. you did you have your hair? No. I did. About you afraid you're not gonna make it? Yes. I did have my hand up. So you are afraid you're not gonna make it? Yes, but I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about what? No. Well, why are you raise your hand? Oh, you just raise your hand that you are afraid. Oh, okay. But you don't want to talk about it. No. Okay, I got you. Uh, Joya, you're afraid you're not going to make it? Yeah, and I think it comes in to, like, like sometimes if I'm not, like, I'm not doing enough, that I may miss an opportunity, like, the opportunity to um, do what I need to do to get where I, I need to go. Maybe, like, buying a house or blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. But um, I also realize, and I'm still learning it, but I also realize that it's from a, also from an ungrateful place of what I have and where my life has grown. Forgetting that is where I 
is part of the reason why I focus on the trying to get somewhere. Um, and also uh, wanting, wanting more. But I feel like what is wrong, and I, to ask you the question, what is wrong with seeing where you are and wanting more for yourself? Because when you want more, you put that before what is right. You should want for nothing. You should only yeah. want to seek the kingdom of God in his right way and want for nothing else and all will be provided. So should we expect things to be provided? Like say if we're in a certain income or area in our life, should we have no expectation? Uh, Zero expectation. And if it's a practical thing, if you just do what's practical in front of you and be conscious doing that, all the material things you need, are, it'll be provided too. It'll come when you, when you need it. Because you're going to save money, you're going to uh, uh, live in moderation, and when opportunities come, it'll open up to you. Makes See, that's sense. why he said, take no thoughts about those things at all. What you're going to wear, where you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep, I'll take care of that, and he will. So it's really just letting go, letting go yeah. and trusting the because process. Because you're, you're afraid you're not going to make it. Make it where? What is making it? And when will you know you're there? Well, that's the tricky part is because if you, you think that, okay, well, what do I, what can I do to, like, help the process, right? <laughs> and, like, um, meaning, like, do I need to work harder? Do I need to put a lot of work in so I can get to where, I guess, in a better situation? But that's what the, it's weird because, why say if you a person is in like a, a one bedroom home at the, that they're renting, but in their mind they eventually want to own the home. Is there anything wrong with staying in the rental place forever and being satisfied with that? Or should we be thinking like, oh, eventually I want to be in a position where I own a home, I have money and stuff like in that. In a practical way, if you live in a one bedroom and you realize, well, I'd like to have a two bedroom home. That's enough to just know that and then go to work, save your money, and, and that'll happen too. But don't get up every day and say, oh, I want to be in a two-bedroom. Oh, this okay. is horrible. You appreciate as much the one-bedroom or the bachelor place as you would the thousand-bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the same attitude with it. The same attitude. I can, yeah. With the grace of God, I know it's not for me. So I'm just telling you as a knowing of fact. Today, I'm as grateful for everything as I was when I was walking up down that road in Alabama. When I was picking cotton, he just gave me this, this thing that made me grateful for everything. When I'm attacked, I'm grateful because I learn more by being attacked. When I'm not attacked, I'm watching. So I'm, I'm just, I used to live in a roach-infected motel. Not even a hotel, but a motel on Crenshaw and Adams. <laughs> in the hood. And there was so much, so many roaches in every room. And I think I had roaches for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But I also, I really do. There used to be this blind woman that worked at my job, and she used to talk about she blind, she cooked roaches. <laughs> and I'm like, I know what you mean. But I was grateful for that. I had the same attitude then that I have right now. 
It's so weird. But I've always been grateful for everything. Grateful means that I didn't judge it as good or bad, yeah. right or wrong. And it's satisfied, right? Satisfied. Totally satisfied. Exactly. Yeah. No, totally satisfied. When yeah. you can get to that, pre that place, God will provide everything you want. He'll know you want a house. That's how I got my first house. I don't have no money. But because I was grateful for my bachelor place, I said, okay, I'm 25. I ain't go buy a house. And he just opened up avenues that I didn't know would happen. But you got to be grateful wherever you are, wherever you're into. Don't compare yourself to anyone. I would go to people's house parties, and they would have big upstairs, downstairs, and everything, right? I'm like, wow, this is a nice house. But I was still grateful for what I had. And he'll take care of you. Even if you're on a job, be grateful for the job. And don't let whatever other people are feeling and thinking affect you. Don't let the devil tell you, oh, I don't like this job. It's too hard. I don't pay enough. It's too this. These people are no good. That's a setup. You're at work for you. You're at work. You pay me $10, I'm going to do this work for you. And no matter what somebody else's attitude, don't let them bring their hell into your world. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Be grateful for all things. All things. Amazing, huh? Yes, ma'am. Um, I guess the question that I have, because I understand that feeling of like being grateful for what you have, but there, is, there are desires that I have in my heart. And when I look at someone, I'm just going to use him as an example. Because Speak up a little bit for me. I'm just going to use this person as an example, but even someone like Mr. Trump, I can't imagine him not wanting more. But why are you even imagine him wanting it or not wanting it? Why doesn't you cross your mind? Because he's someone that I see as um, someone that, you know, people admire. But I don't, I mean, I could be totally wrong. Maybe I'm just assuming. Right. Maybe he just is grateful for his life and, and uh, he has no want for more. And yet I don't. I don't, I, I don't believe that is so. You don't believe what? I don't believe that is. Like I, but you shouldn't have one iota of concern about it at all. You're not your brother's keeper. Correct. So you shouldn't have, it shouldn't even bother you at all. Not even one thought about it. I, I get what you're saying, that I shouldn't compare my life to his life. You, you do what? I get, I mean, are you saying I shouldn't compare my life to anyone else's life? That's right. Okay, and I understand that. I understand that from like a logical point of view. I guess what I'm trying to say is I understand that feeling of wanting more. But it's just a, it's an ego feeling though. God said, don't, don't do that. That's not you. If you're fat and sassy, why are you thinking about wanting more food? If you're full, why do you think about I got to have more? You know what I mean? Let's say you're full, right? You had a nice meal, but your best friend is not full. That's what they want. They don't want to be full. So why take on their issues at all? You're not God. They love their misery. Then I guess my question would be, um, and maybe I sound... What's the word? Maybe I sound 
like judgmental when I ask this and I realize that. Okay. But I see people who we do admire and I can't and I'm like, well, clearly they wanted more and we admire them. So why is it wrong if I want more? I guess that would be my question. What she says, I, I didn't quite hear it. That's me. I'm not getting it, all of it. What she's getting at is basically. What, uh, what she's getting at basically is, uh, although she understands what you're saying about not trying to compare yourself, she's just simply thinking, well, here's Trump, someone we admire. Isn't he? Isn't he a go-getter or someone who wants more? And so she's bringing that up as a counterpoint. Like, am I? Am I in the? Yeah. As, here's Trump. He's a what? He, here's Trump. He's someone we admire. He's cool. Why? And he's a go-getter. He wants more. How come? If he if he's someone we admire, he wants more. How come? Why is wanting more bad? But I don't know if she even knows that he wants more. But right, I don't know if you even know that. How do you know he want more? I mean, he doesn't strike me as somebody who. Um, well, because he gets more. But how do you know he wants it? I I don't know all of his interviews or all of his thoughts. Right. But I, he doesn't strike me. I mean, I could be wrong. Again, I could be totally wrong. Maybe he wanted none of this, right. and it just happened to him. Yeah. I mean, but... <laughs> but but he doesn't, say this. He doesn't what, come off I, as... I'll just say this, and I could be totally wrong, um, which I am a lot, but he doesn't strike me as, like, the most humble person. The most what? I, the most humble person. He's the only humble person you ever met. Okay. He just looks the other way. He's the most humble because he take on the devil. He take it on. If you were to keep a space there and just watch him, he is humble because he take the devil on and just deal with it. Mm-hmm. A humble person would be like, oh, I'm humble. I had enough. That's not a humble person. That's a devil person. When you weep and whine and complain about it, you're of the devil. And so you're taking, uh, you feel bad for him? I don't feel bad for him. I, if anything, I, th- I feel like he is the epitome of what we admire in America. Someone that strives to achieve their goals. He's unfiltered. He, like if he wants something, he will go after it. Oh, I see. And so that made you admire America because you see him going after him. So he, an example of that? Um, I don't know about admiring, admi- admiring America, but I admire that he sets to do what he intends to do. And I mean, I have, you know, I think we all have goals and things that we want to do. Um, and you shouldn't. You should let life happen, not have a goal. Okay. I, I guess we disagree then. Okay. I understand. But I do, I understand what you're saying yeah. about like not. Um, but when you look at someone like that, you should just observe how they're dealing with the issues of life. Mm. Don't, don't, don't look at what they have or don't have. Don't look at if they're winning or losing, mm-hmm. but just observe how they're dealing with the issues of life, how they're dealing with situations in their lives. And that's where Christ came, so we can see how he dealt with things, so we can be that way too. But not what he had or don't have, or, what, or comparing yourself, or have goals, or that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
but just observe without judgment. Meaning good or bad, I wanted to be like or anything like that. Or think, thinking that he want more or he want less. Leave out all thinking about it. You want to observe without, excuse me, without thinking. That makes sense a little bit? Um, it does. I, yeah, it does make sense. At the same time, it's like we all plan, right? I'm like, like business is planned. There's like a, th there is some thinking. You said practical planning with business? Yeah, there's, you know, there's planning, there's thinking involved in planning. Yeah, when you run at a business, you got to be practical. Right. So if you got to be at work at seven, you want to be there at seven, or you, you have an engagement outside of your company, you want to be there on time, mm -hmm. but you don't live by that time, you just practical, you operate by that time in a practical way. But it's not how you live, because in reality, there is no time. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, thank you. Did I re hear what she said? You heard her, yeah. I oh, think I can clear it up. Yeah, real fast. Real fast. I think people, when they see a rich person or a powerful person or whatever, they think that person is ambitious. That has to be an ambitious person. But that does not, that's not necessarily true. I think you're seeing a person who may just have a good father and good values. He was really close to his father. His father influenced him. If your father had influenced you in the way that Trump said his father, you'd be walking on water today. Really, you'd be a different person. You really would. The biblical question, are you afraid of not making it? We have two minutes. No. Sorry about that. You're not afraid. And no. why not? I don't, <clears throat> at this point, at this point on this journey that I'm on, I don't have any, any goals. I don't, I don't have an end plan. I'm just practicing being in the moment. No. And um, I know we only have two minutes, but you did spark a memory from last Sunday that I wanted to quickly reference. Okay. Um, in terms of what I'm talking about, as far as watching myself goes, towards the end of the service, you mentioned to someone, you said, everyone hates their mother. And when you said that, I felt agitated, probably angry. You know, there was probably a spark of that. And my proclivity was to raise my hand immediately. I, I, and I was going to do it. And you actually made eye contact with me at the same time. But I thought, wait a minute, let me look at this. And I said, you know what, I'm not. The thing in me was screaming for me to address that with you and to state my case as to why yeah. that is not true for me. Yeah. And I, I didn't. I, I suppressed that thing in me. And I really did ponder it as the week went on and I can talk about that later with you maybe at a forum or something but I just find it interesting how everything dissipated and it wasn't I looked at my motivation in that and it was for me to like prove this big point about how my parents did this and they're like my friends I like hanging out <laughs> with my parents what are you talking about yeah but I just let all of that go and that is how I've been maneuvering with, with so many things that have come up over the last month. Right on. And it's really magical how things just, they do, they work out. Everything you're saying is so true. So back to the question, I don't have an end goal. I'm living in the moment. I'm wanting to not want. So to that end, I'm just practicing 
just being in the moment as much right as possible. Right on. So. Speaking of, one thing I know for sure, and you could bank on this, bank on it, bank on it. Every human being hate their mothers. Everyone. You know how she would say, oh, no, I hate my mama. My mama, you were nice. My mama this. And then we started digging in there what happened in childhood. That's when she began to resent her mother when she was a kid. And now that she's going to forgive her mother and forgive her father for not protecting her from the mother, she's going to return back to the father and she'll return back to God. You must be born again. Every human being hates mama. The so-called nice mama, the so-called bad mama, the so-called mama that provided everything, the so-called mama that was loving or whatever. You hate your mama. Oh, you, and I said that, oh, the point I want to make, I said that on an interview. I said, all black people hate their mama. And now they're mad at me for saying that. But that's the problem, blacks. It's not racism. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not, I'm, I'm trying to tell them it's not racism, it's not physical. For all who are born through the woman, everybody is, unless you're a cow. Then you're born through a female cow. You hate your mama. Forgive her. She couldn't help it. And apologize for resenting her and apologize for your father's not protecting you. And your life would change. You become a free person, a person of peace. It's not about all these physical things that you've been told. It's not about black excellence. It's not about making white people tremble. It's about you. You got to work on you. Get rid of the color ideas and all that kind of stuff. It just work on you. But everybody hate their mama. Okay, well, two things real quick. And I'm going to, can I just be real fast? Yes. Okay, so number one, I'll say this for number two. Okay. You can so, test if you hate your mama. Be honest with her. Tell her how, how mean she really is, how she makes you feel. You'll see. Okay, but, I understand the whole idea of forgiving the mother. They, we come into the world, no one really knows what they're doing. Everyone, every mother yes. on the planet needs to be forgiven. Yeah. I get that. But the hate part is where I'm having more trouble wrapping my brain around that because you're saying we can't love, so how can we hate? That's the one thing. And the other thing is that, you That's know, a good question. our parents, they, like, I, I really do love my family. Like, we talk. Like, if I were not blood-related, I would want to hang out with them, just like I do with many of the women of Bond. You know, we have co coffee, we meet for lunch, some of us. So I would do that if I weren't related, related to these people. And my mother, I know that my mother did the best she could. Of now, course, of they course all do the best they could. Right, but <laughs> it wasn't a, an overt thing where she, was try, where she was wanting to abuse me or anything. That's why you must so, forgive her. Yeah, but yeah, and I did do that. But the hatred part is where I have trouble wrapping my brain around that because, like I said before, would you accept you were angry at her? Well, I mean the typical anger that a, that a child would get, but even even that in but the anger even is things, hate. Typical, would you call it typical anger? That they it, they used to call the hate in the good old days, right? And then as society get weaker, they changed the words. They changed it from hate to resentment. And their resentment sound too harsh. I resent my mother? I can't resent my mother. Then they change it to anger. But when you're angry at your mother, you're hating your mother. Yeah, but 
okay, this is the last thing I'm going to say. Like, my, I, the reason I got angry with my mother at times is because she was wanting to protect me. And I saw the repercussions in some of my peers growing up with the parents who didn't do that with their children. Right. And, you know, I grew up like writing my parents letters saying thank you for, for what you did. And I'm not saying that that, does, that warrants not forgiving our parents, our mother. I know that that is key. But the hatred part is what I'm having trouble with. Because Your if mother we can't wanted love, to protect. I'm sorry? If we can't love, how can we hate then? How can you, uh, you, uh, prior to her traumatizing you, you did love her because you had a relationship with God then. And that's why kids would forgive, just like that, right? But when she kept imposing, trying to protect you, she imposed on you with anger. And that's what made you angry at her. And then we got older, you thanked her for it because you started feeling like you were better than the other kids that were acting bad around you, the little sluts running around and the slut makers running around. You felt like you were just better because you weren't a slut. But you didn't know you were judging the slut. You was as bad as the slut. And so you called up the devil and said, devil, thank you for protecting me. I'm not a slut. <laughs> but it's the same thing. Well, can I ask one last question? That makes sense a little bit. It makes sense. Yeah. It totally makes sense. And I got it. I got it in that moment. But you know how you say that uh, there's always that one child in the family who just gets it. I yeah, have they, a feeling that that's like my mom and my dad were those children in their family. Because honestly, Jesse, the way you speak is how I was raised. Like on so many fronts. Is that possible? It's possible, but I doubt it. Really? Yeah, and the reason I doubt it, because if it were true, you would never have judged the sluts. You would never have thought you were better than the okay. sluts because your parents saved you. They protected you. Your mama watched over you, right? She watched over you with ego, which gave you ego, which made you think you're better than the slut and the slut maker. Okay, and the judgment is, is anger? It's anger. Okay. 100%. Oh, if we had more time to talk about it. That's interesting. I know. So do I. I was wrecking my brain. I was like really pondering this throughout yeah. the week. You should have brought I that up right away. So I asked, annoyed. did anybody have a thing just under my right? <laughs> I know. In the beginning of the meeting. I know, but I feel like I, I want to give the new people space and See, I talk that's a lot. The devil tell and you I wanted to like You're responsible back. for you, not anyone else in this room. The devil said, don't tell him now. You want to give other people time. Really? Yeah. I you, that was you consider I see new Jesse's faces. not going to stop you if you overdo it. Don't do it. You listen to the devil. Probably. You are here to work on you. No one else. If everybody else want to sit around, look silly, don't say anything, that's on them. I just feel like I keep bringing this up, though. You and listen. It's, like it's and not, I'm not totally Bring getting. it up until you're done with it. Okay. All right. That's what we're here for. Okay. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Got it. I bet you there are other people in the room that want to talk about things that happen with them, too, but they won't. Oh, I'm here all the time. I don't want to take up the time from somewhere. That's the devil. You listen to thoughts. That's true. That's bad. Okay, thanks. So your mother wanted all that. Well, I would hang out with her, though. Like, I loved hanging, just like hanging out right. with her. And we the had devil loved the devil. We talked like 20 times per day, Jesse. Right, but you don't correct her. We would debate. What? We would debate. But you don't correct her. 
Right, Doc, well, come right to your mom and see if you're going to hear from her two times a day. Well, she's she's no longer. <laughs> oh, she's on gone Earth. Now. But, her soul rest in peace. Yeah. But you didn't correct it. You may debate it. You may disagree, but you never corrected her. Okay, I'll ponder that. Yeah. But I'm glad you're looking at it. You should. Yeah. Everybody hate their mama. Black folk, your your problem is not white people. It's not racism. It's not all this mess. And I know a lot of you are starting to wake up because I do hear from you. You just didn't know. You don't love your mama. You resent your mothers. You're angry at them. And anger is resentment. All right? Smoke on it. I'm so out of time. Uh, a brand new biblical qu question. Why does God... This question came to me as I'm sitting here. Right now. It just came to me. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. And I wrote it down so I didn't forget it because it passed right through. What the... Why does God allow the devil to attack you? God allows the devil to attack you. Anybody know why? I ain't got time. <laughs> why does God allow the devil to attack you? That's the biblical question. Uh, isn't that a good question? Have you noticed God allowed a devil to attack you? Yes. Right on. That's the biblical question. Look, go to the silent prayer. Forgive your mothers, all races of people. I don't care how old you are. When God called, when he said children, he's talking about the old folks too. You are his children. So listen to him. Go and forgive your mothers. Forgive your fathers for not protecting you. He couldn't handle your mother because he was married or made a baby by his mama. It's the same spirit, right? And just forgive and see what happens. Watch what's going on in your mind and in your body, that emotion. You are possessed. Every human being is possessed. And it's never going to change until the light comes on inside of you. And the light is not going to come on until you see that you are angry. And forgive your mother. The light will come on and things will change. And you will have an amazing relationship with everybody, everything, in the right way. All right? So thank you all. Thank you for your support, your tithes and offers. And we'll do the super test tomorrow if the Lord is willing and the creek don't rise. And bye. <laughs> thank you all very much. <laughs> I want you all, we're going to do the offering. Uh, uh, Nick coming with the bass in. Jay got the credit card. Um, first time or first time. Josh, thank you for coming, man. Yeah, man. Any questions or answer about it? I mean, any questions about anything or disagreement?